Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to our online service once again. And I'm just glad that you can join us this morning as we uh, come together once again online for our service. And I just want to give a special welcome to all of you who are joining us for the very first time. So if this is your first time watching one of our services uh, online, uh, please connect with us. Please connect with us. Leave us a comment. Uh, connect with us on any of our platforms. But I also want to ask you to fill in our link. If you want to get connected to who we are and what we do, we have a link just below that you can fill in and that can help us to get in contact with you. And then I also want to welcome all of you who have been joining us for the last couple of months online. Um, it has been quite an amazing time to come together. Um, strange times, but we are grateful for these type of platforms that we can continue bringing the Word of God to you. So before we dive into the message today, um, I just want to highlight one of our slides, and that's the testimony slide. So we have a an email that you can now send any testimony that you have or anything that God is doing in your life or anything transformational that's happening in your connect groups, you can send it to this um, uh, email address and then we can hear your stories. And some of them will be get posted, some not so, but it's not so much about that. It's about, uh, it's about us seeing what God is doing across the city and this nation. So please share it. Please write an email and we are looking forward to hearing what God is doing in your life. And so we're going to dive right into the message today. So we have been doing a series called the big reset. And so today what we're, what the title of this message is to reset families. And I'm going to, as much as we can go into various directions or uh, channels when it comes to families, because there's many different relationships and we can look at spiritual family, household families and um, extended family, but we're going to zoom in a bit into household families. And I'm going to share with you why did I choose that? Why did I leave everything else out and chose to just focus on two relationships that should be healthy, that will leave a national impact? And so let's take a look and let's dive right into this together. So I'm going to open us for us in prayer and then we're going to dive right in. So Father, I want to thank you that we can just come together once again, Lord, um, on this form of this platform, Lord. Father, I pray that you use this message today. Father, I pray that we, um, that every household will experience a transformation, Father. And I pray, Lord, that your word would go out, Lord, and it would change hearts, Father. I pray for a transformational message and that will take place today. Father, may you bless our time together. May you bless every person that's listening. And Lord, I just pray that you open every heart, and I pray that your truth will come into our hearts in this moment. Amen. Amen. So I'm looking, I'm excited to share with you. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing with you. So let's dive right in. So God wants us to experience, God wants us to experience secure fulfilling and lasting relationships. So that's the heart of God. God wants you and I to experience secure, fulfilling and lasting relationships. However, um, 
we have experienced broken relationship because of sin that is entering into the world. So sin has entered into the world and that has caused a dysfunction in our families. So because of sin, at the beginning of, of, of the Garden of Eden, that has caused a dysfunction in our families. And so what we need is for God to come and reset. In another word, come and transform us back into the image of what He had in mind. And why it is so important for us to deal with relational dysfunctions in a biblical manner from time to time as they appear is because it is generational. So the moment we do not um, handle or we do not deal with family dysfunctions or relational dysfunctions in a biblical way is uh, they will get passed on to the next generation. And that is surely not what we want as believers. That's surely not the heart of God. But what God instead wants is that we experience secure, fulfilling, and lasting relationships. So I want to give you an example of what I believe um, God is gracing us in a moment like this and what we're going through as, as, as not just Namibia, but as the world is we have a moment, even as we are preaching this series, to reset. And here's what it looks like. So if you, if you are able to see, otherwise I'm going to walk you through this. I have a stopwatch running on my phone. So if we press stop, it pauses. And that's what I experienced God has been doing with us over the last couple of months. He has brought us to a standstill. And now that He not only brought us to a standstill, He gave us an opportunity and is giving us an opportunity, it's yet not passed, to press the button which is called reset. The moment I pressed the button called reset, everything went back to zeros. And that's exactly what I believe God is giving us the opportunity to do is basically to say and look at all our relationships, all our family relationships, all we, our, our, our friends, our social relationships, our church community, step back and say, is this still in line with who God is? And that is the grace God is giving us through this sermon uh, series and through this time that we are finding ourselves in. It's a moment to step back and look once again of uh, look once again at all our relationship and say is this what god wants to do because we are so aware that there are many relational dysfunctions many of us know about it we have seen it we experience it um, there are many of us that do not know what a healthy family looks like many of us many of us has no clue what is the role of a healthy family? What is this picture? What did God intend for it? And I believe it's because we have drifted from what God says it should be. And if you look at our 21st century and if we look at uh, just something that called modernism where uh, we, we brought something in, uh, into the modern world and we have separated from Scripture, and we have allowed whatever culture and our, our traditions say, we have defined it by that. Even though it's a biblical principle, we have removed it from Scripture and we said, well, this is what family should look like or this is how our family should operate. But God is calling us to come back to a healthy society and we need to reset 
families. We need to reset relationships. We need to reset. We need to step back and say, God, can you reset us? Can you transform us in these areas? Now, like I said, there were many directions I could have gone with this message. Um, Social relationships, family, church family. But I chose to zoom in on two specific uh, people and two specific relationships. And I want to share with you um, what God has been pressing on me in this uh, scripture. So we're going to read from Colossians 3, verse 18 to 21. So Colossians 3, verse 18 to 21, and it read as follows. Wives, submit to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And that's our scripture text for the day, and we need three places of reset. The first reset we need is to, that God would reset the wives or the women of now to a God-honoring submission. So that's the first point that God has to reset. God has to reset us to a God-honoring submission. And so we need to define submission then, not from a cultural point of view or from a tribe point of view, but from a biblical point of view. What does the Bible say about submission? And I am very aware that even when I say the word submission, very few of you have a positive connotation to it. Very few of us have a positive, uh, an exciting or a healthy understanding of what does it mean to actually submit to a a husband in the marriage. And so the reasons are various. Um, The reasons are various why people have a negative connotation towards submission. And one of the reasons, or one thing I've observed that has happened is people have taken the commandment or the, the instruction from the Lord a wife submit, so they took it from Scripture, but then basically what they did is they removed it out of Scripture and defined it separately from Scripture. So what people then started doing, and whether it's on the woman's side or on the men's side, we have then put into submission what we think it means, what we would like it to mean. But we want to look at what does God say is submission? Because for many Women, today, submission might be control and dictatorship. For many of you, you might even experience that at this moment, that a submission in your household is you being controlled and dictated on what you should do. Or your submission was, uh, your submission was demeaning. It, it tore you apart. It, it made you less of a human than the man is. And that is never what God intended with submission. Or submission is that you as a wife or yeah, has no say. And you experience that maybe in your household as growing up that your mom never had a say. Your, she never had a say. Or submission where you were put to put the husband's will in front of God's will. That is not biblical submission. Or a submission where you need to agree on everything. So you, you can't say something different. You can't, you can't influence. 
You just better agree on everything, woman. And that is not a biblical submission. Nor is a biblical submission, which I find this one quite strange, is where the woman should leave her brain at the altar. She, she can't no longer think for herself. Or she has to ask permission. As I was preparing for this, believe it or not, I read an article of a pastor dealing with a situation where the woman had to ask permission for that she can go to the bathroom. Imagine that. That's the submission that that husband demanded from her, her, her wife. And I remember that pastor in the article, he said, he looked at the man and says, my friend, you have a sick view of your leadership. You have a sick view of submission. But that's the reality that many of our women and in society are facing. Is a place where they are no up, they are not upheld as, as human beings, but they are being demeaned. They're being, almost being brought lower into something else. But it's never what God intended. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give us a biblical definition of submission. And then I'll ask you, the big reset question in that. So if that is you, that is, you, you might be experiencing that form of submission and you, you might hope that your husband would be hearing this as well. And this is good. So for not just married uh, men and women to hear, but for even singles, for those of you who are engaged, for those of you who are in the youth, because what we're trying to create is the, a sound picture of what it should look like. And so here's what we mean by biblical submission. Submission is a divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm the husband's leadership and help to carry it through according to her gifts. So once again, the first thing you've got to understand about biblical submission, it is a divine calling, not a human calling. It is something that God calls every woman into. It's not something the man puts women under. It's something that God is a divine calling to affirm and honor the leadership of the man with that, with your specific gifts. So for example, in my house, if, if Jojo's under my submission, it doesn't mean she doesn't contribute with her gifts. So let me use a, a very practical example. Let's say we need to talk about finances. Jo Joanna is better than I and creating a budget. Therefore, if she has that gifting and that a better financial understanding, then we complement each other in that moment. She brings her gifting. She brings what she can offer to the table as I'm leading it, but she's bringing it to the table and we are basically completing one another through that. And that is a more healthier submission is that it is a divine calling to affirm. I tell my, my wife so many times, you do not understand how much your affirmation to me means. The fact that you support me, the fact that you agree upon something with me, the fact that you uh, affirm me in certain stuff, that is a divine calling. That is something every man needs, is for a wife to come and, and, and affirm the man in his leadership and in that side of things. So that is a biblical definition of what it means to submit. Then I want to give you two reasons why you should submit. The first reason is God would not command something to a wife or to a woman that would negatively affect her. 
So God would not tell any woman or any person to come under, under submission if it wasn't for your benefit or if the initial plan is not for your good. And therefore, God would not do that. So if, if, if you're under a submission that is negatively affecting you, it's probably not a good, submi- a, a good picture. It's probably not a biblical uh, definition of what submission looked like. Secondly, why I would... Um, why you should submit is because what of the scripture says, it says, wives, submit to your husband as is fitting in the Lord. It is pleasing to God. So your submission to your husband is first and foremost a pleasure for God. It pleases God. It glorifies God. It shows a picture of who God is. It shows, it, it, it basically represents Jesus because Jesus was under that wholehearted, joyful submission to the Father. And so when we talk about submission, we're not talking about a controlling and a dictatorship. We're not talking about an, you don't have a say. We're not talking about your husband got to think everything for you. That's not submission. Submission is when the two of you come under your husband's leadership, affirming and honoring him, and you're completing one another to basically execute or run with the mission of God that God has called that household to. It should be a joyful thing. It, yes, there might be times of difficulties, but it should definitely be a joyful thing to be under the submission of God. And, and even though that I'm not a wife, I'm, I'm submitted to God. And my submission to God is not from a place of fear. My submission to God is not, a, not from a place of joy. I joyfully and humbly come under the leadership of God because that's what he has in mind for me. So here's the big ask. If we want to see families reset, if we want to see a generational impact, here's the question. Can we, as women and as men, embrace that uh, submission is a divine call from God? Can we, as men and women, understand the role of the wife of affirming and honoring and bringing her gifts to the table to complete the marriage, to complete the family. That is the big reset. So can we reset from a cultural definition, from an ethnic background definition, or wherever you found your definition, or just what the 21st century is saying about it, and go back to a biblical definition and joyfully walk in that. So that's the first reset that we want to look at. The second reset I want to set a bit on. And this is the reset that we need a reset in the way husbands lead and love their wives. And I want to ponder here, and I I hope you would just for a brief moment, if you're doing anything, if you're scrolling to Instagram or playing on your Twitter or a bit distracted, I would love for you, husband and wife, single, whoever you might be, just for a moment, pause and just hear this out. We need a reset in the way husbands is leading and loving their wives. Hear what the scripture says. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Now here's my defense for the men. I am so assured or convinced that very few of us once again 
had a healthy or a beautiful picture of what it looks like to lead and to love a woman. Whether married or not, just to the, the honor and respect towards women. So I think few of us have. And if I think of the, the Afrikaans culture, we are in a place where we, we, we bring our presence to the household. We ensure that, that we know who's leading or we know who's one. We know who's, who's in charge. And the last say lead, is on our side. But is that really what God is calling us to do when we say we lead and we love our wives? Because see, husbands, our role is not to command and control. Our role is to love like Christ. Your role as a husband is not to command and control and think you have the TV remote and you make all the decisions. It's not that. It's to love like Christ. That's the role. That's what God is giving us is to love like Him. And so for us to love like him, it means that we are the, we should lead. We should start this thing. We should initiate this thing. So in the same way we gave a definition for submission, let's give a definition for headship of the husband. Headship is a divine calling of a husband to take primary responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership, protection, provision in the home. So Headship is a divine calling. Once again, it's not a human calling. God is not calling men to lead in, uh, because it's a human calling. It's a divine calling to lead and to take primary responsibilities. Not that the woman doesn't take responsibility, but primary responsibility for Christ-like. If, 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 if the woman would know what Jesus would look like, they should see it from us. If your children would know what God is like, first and foremost, they got to see it in you. In a, in a way, and don't get me wrong, in a way, you got to be God for your children first. They got to see what the Father is like in you. And when they grow up to, to know God for himself, it will be easier because they already saw the amazingness of God in you, even though we are fallen and can't display God perfectly. But we take primary responsibility for Christ-like leadership, protection, provision in the home. So here's what it means. Husbands or men. So yes, this is in family, but this is men in general. We need to initiate. The husband needs to initiate. The husband needs to start things. The husband needs to call the, the family to the table. So here's a good test. In your house, if you're a spouse, if your wife says, let's, more than you, there might be a problem. So if your wife says, let's go to church, let's read, let's pray, let's talk about the children, let's do this, let's do that, you might have a problem. And in the, in the household where that is opposite, where the husband is initiating first and foremost, you probably have a happy wife that is thriving under his leadership because he's taking charge. So the moment we as men, we got to put to this point because we, when we look at Genesis, we missed it. We missed it there. Adam missed it in Genesis. When he was standing at the tree with Eve, he was passive in his protection. He missed it. Eve was passive in his protection. Adam was passive in his protection. He needed to protect First, he needed to ensure that this is not going this way. And so we as husbands shouldn't be on the lazy side. 
We should be the ones initiating conversations. We should be the ones initiating, saying, you know what, can we be on time? Can, let, let's try to be on time next week for church. Let's start reading and praying together. You know, I remember the moment when I, I, I initiated uh, devotion in my house with my wife. Uh, even though we have separate devotions, we do it together every night. I remember how she one day paused and says, Philip, I really love this. I love that you took initiative and started leading us in this direction. And it has blessed my marriage. But you know, the moments that she dreads are the moments I'm passive. The moments I'm not leading. The moments I'm not having a Christ-like servanthood in the house. But I'm lazy. I'm leaned back. I'm on the backside of things. So we as men need a reset and we need to start taking initiative. We need to start leading. And leading, once again, is not that you pressing down your presence. It's to live as an example like Christ. It's to be like Jesus. We never asked Jesus to come and die for us. He died for us. He came. And in the same way, we should not have our wives or, our, or in any area of life where we should always be nagged. We should do it. We should fix the things we said we'll fix. And simple stuff, we should wash the dishes if we say we'll wash it. We should start the conversation. Let's talk about our finances. Let's see if we're still honoring God in that. We need to start initiating it. And then secondly, we need a reset in love. We need a reset in love. So if it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 7 says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not uh, insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. And so we got to look at that. If God calls a husband to love, here's what we can measure ourselves against. So you can look at yourself and say, is this your form of love? Is this the way love is looking? Not just in your household. That's why I'm saying this message is for more than just the household. Me as we as men, are we treating women in this same way? Are we being patient? So husband, are you being patient in the household? Is that the love that you're displaying? And how patient is our Savior with us? Because of our sinful nature, He could have long ago striked us. But oh, how patient and gracious is He with us. That's the picture. Husbands, we display in our household is a patience. Secondly, a kindness. Do you have a kindness in the household? And, and once again, men, this is, not a, this is not a site where it's merely for the husband to the wife. But men, are you in general kind to the sisters? Brothers and sisters, are we kind to one another? Thirdly, this is the downfall of men, pride. Are we prideful in the home that it's, it's us and it's us. We have the last say and we're okay and nobody can tell us and we're prideful. Is that the way you're loving with pride in your house? Because it's not what it means to love. Or arrogance. You're arrogant in the house. Or you're rude. And this is a trap where we fall into, we, we, we become rude toward uh, um, 
another female or another woman, we become rude, we become harsh to them, we become unkind to them. That's not what Jesus displayed for us as men. Um, Do we insist on our own way? Is it always our way? And if it's not my way, it's the highway. Is that what is being displayed in our house? There's no contributing factor. There's no loving from the point of joining together and walking together and saying it's our way. It's where we are going. Are you irritable with your wife? Do you have an irritation every time she speaks or every time she says something? Do you have an irritation? Because that's not Christ-likeness. That's not what Jesus has put on display for us. Are you resentful or do you rejoice at her wrongdoing? That's not correct for us as husbands. We can't rejoice at our, at, 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 at our wife's wrongdoing. We cannot even rejoice at our sister's wrongdoing. So if you're a man and you see your sister going in the wrong direction, it is your responsibility to ensure that she doesn't go there if it's going to be harmful. It is not this, this, this thing of we should be leaned back and, you know what, if you're going to do that, I'm not going to judge you. That is nonsense. We take responsibility if we know it's going to harm our sisters. If we know it's going to harm our wives, we do not allow it to take place. We come in protection to our spouses. And so that is the, the picture that God is, uh, uh, that the scripture is commanding us of love and leadership. Leadership is we initiate. We take primary responsibility. And loving is we are patient. We are kind. We are not prideful. We are not arrogant. We are not irritable. We're not resentful. We don't just allow wrongdoing to just take place. That is not what God means by love. And so we got to reset on this, where we take initiative. We love the way Jesus loved. We are the examples of it. It is our responsibility. And if you feel overwhelmed, good, because we should take responsibility and, and lead and love the brothers and the sisters and the spouses in our life the way God wants us to do it. And the, the second part of it, and I got to touch on this, it says, um, do not be harsh with them. Harsh with them means do not be violent, do not give threats, and do not be unkind. Those things are not called for in a Christian home. It is not right that there's violence in a Christian home. It's not right that there's threats where we want to threat. Uh, we want to almost like, if you don't do that, you better watch out. That's not what God is calling us for. That's not what Jesus does to us as men. And we do not do it to women. And this is, this, God didn't say this, this commandment to the men, wives or women, do not be harsh to men. We can take a bit of harshness, but we got to care for women. We've got to be careful on how we treat them. We've got to be careful in how we love. And we shouldn't be harsh. We do not come with unkind words. We don't come with words that breaks down. We don't come with words and says, oh yeah, there you go again, doing that again. That's not what God is calling us for. And so we need a reset on this. We need to come back. If we want to have a big reset and we want to have a nationwide impact, a national impact, We've got to go back to what God is saying to men about leading and loving women. And so I know that we're also quick to 
you know, to label households as Christian households. And I, this is my personal view and my personal belief, but I want to put this out there. We sometimes, because domestic violence rises, gender-based violence is present. All these things are taking place. Rape is taking place. All these things are taking place against women. And it's too often that just because someone professes Christianity, we will say, yes, Christians did it again. And I just want to put it in a different category for a moment. Because if God has called, um, if, 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 and I'm not talking about a moment of, of, of weakness. I'm not talking about, let's say you have fits of anger. I'm not talking about a moment you and someone argue and you get a moment of weakness and you get a bit angry and you come back and you say, you know, I repent, I missed it. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about unrepented violence in the house. I'm talking about unrepented anger in the house. I want to I wanna put it out there that if that's what's happening in the house, I would put a question mark if that's really a Christian house. Because that's not what God shows us. That's not what God shows us. Therefore, um, we cannot just put everything and label everything a Christian household. We've got to look as God says, if the seed of God is in us, it is impossible for us to keep on sinning. So this is what it means for me. It is, it, for me, an impossible thought to think uh, a husband that constantly gets angry, angry and constantly beats his wife and is unrepented, goes to, into his quiet time to have devotional time with God and God doesn't convict him of it. I cannot see a husband even going into a devotional time if that's the household setting. Therefore, we got to put a question mark and say, is that really a Christian household? Is that really what it means? Because if God really touches us, He changes us. And here's the last part, and then I close with this. How do we achieve this? How do we get to this? How do we get to this picture of healthy relationships, healthy families, healthy churches? We need a new nature. God has to reset our old nature, and give us a new nature. Colossians 3 verse 10 says, and put on the new self, the new nature, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So first and foremost, for us to even uh, live out a divine calling of submission or a divine calling of headship or a divine calling of healthy relationships, we need a new nature. God has to remove our sinful nature and give us a new nature. Secondly, we got to acknowledge the divineness in this. Therefore, we need grace. We need the empowering grace of God. It is impossible to love like this perfectly. It is impossible to submit like that without the power of God in our lives, without the grace of God empowering us to live these lives. And thirdly, if we want to look at this, if we want to get back to a healthy society, we need discipleship. We need discipleship. The gospel is the only thing that can bring a transformation in a society and in a nation. And so we need to get back out there, believing in the power of Jesus, that he can transform a life, sharing it, walking with people to see their lives, their families and relationships transform. So think with me for a moment. What is the national impact if this takes place? What will Vintuk look like? What will Namibia look like? The moment we can get back to a biblical submission, a biblical headship and love, we will see a national impact. Why? Because families, families are generational. 
The moment we can do that in one family, it flows to the next generation. The moment we can do it in 10 families, it flows to the next 10 or 20 generations. It is a multiplication that is unending. So here's the call. If you're a Christian man and a Christian woman, our responsibility is to live out this biblical picture and preach the gospel so that others can also live out this biblical picture. We need this reset. In the light of all the newspaper, in the light of all the, st the statistics of, of, um, of Namibia and everything that has been shared, the divorce rate and everything uh, that goes on, we should not think it will change in any other way but us going not to the symptoms but to the root cause, which is a total depravity. We are sinful in nature. We need a new nature. And this is possible, guys. This is possible that God wants to do it. God wants to do it in every household. And I hope, men, if you are not taking initiative, that you will start taking. I hope that if you are not leading in this way, that you would start leading in this way. Wives, I hope that if you are not submissive in this way, in a, I hope you will start. And I hope that we will show this beautiful picture and put God and, and honor God in all that we do. So... If we want to have a big reset, if we want to go back to healthy families, we've got to come back and defining it through Scripture. And so I want to close in prayer for us. Lord, we thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this moment and this message. And Lord, I pray for every family, Father, that has not seen a sound picture of what it is like um, in a healthy family. Father, I pray that you bring that restoration. God, I pray that you bring us back to what your Bible is defining family to be, relationships to be, spiritual family to be, Lord. God, I pray that men will rise to lead in their houses and to love like you, Jesus. Father, we don't come and uh, lord our authority over, over women, Lord. We come and serve like Christ. May that be the example, Lord. Father, and I pray that you touch lives right now. Father, I pray that you mend those broken hearts of women that has been demeaned, Lord, that women that have been um, violenced, that violence has happened against them. Father, may you come and comfort them, Lord. And God, I pray that you would help us to actually um, see this big reset take place. God, give us a greater confidence that it's your gospel, an absolute conviction that it's your gospel that can bring transformation in this city and in this nation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for watching and joining us online. And I hope this message blessed you. And may you not just be a hearer of the word, but may you be a doer of the word. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week online again. Bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.